We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Mandak, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure you hit that follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, the latest on K-State Athletics. Hello and welcome into another Three Maw Pod. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young of K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former B-Rider for B-Manhattan Mercury. Let's just get right to it. Uh, we're going to need some 360 vodka, some Ben Holiday, Bobble, and Von Bourbon to get through this one here today. I think uh, everybody probably at this point needs copious amounts of that. Uh, make sure and go uh, support our friends at Holiday Distillery by getting your Ben Holiday, Bobble, and Von Bourbon. Your 360 vodka, whichever one sounds better. Maybe mix the two. You know, hell, I don't know at this point. You just lost to the two last place teams in the league back to back. Uh, things things are a little bit rough right now, but uh, we'll we'll get through it. I promise. And Holiday Distillery is here to help you uh, get through it. Now, I kid a little bit there in the intro, but man, I I don't know. This it's it's been a brutal brutal week or so here i mean really if you want to extrapolate this back to post kansas game it just feels like this team has not been quite the same and it's been teetering on something like this but they've still had nice performances they did have the win over tcu they should have beaten texas at home but but wound up blowing that game but now it just it, it kind of feels like the uh it kind of feels like the bottom has fallen out a little bit here it feels like uh, we're, we're getting close to what's hopefully a low point with now a 7-6 and six season, Big 12 championship aspirations out the window, and Jerome Tang after the game in, uh, in Norman telling the guys they've got to win two more games just to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, we were talking about this team being a one seed with Gary Parrish, by the way, not just us, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It was not that long ago, so I don't know. Who who wants who wants to follow that? I know you guys are both raising your hands, uh, excited to talk about this right now. But uh, so, somebody take it away from me, please. What's 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 the state of the union here? Yeah, it, I will. I'll jump in here and say that, and part of it is probably um, a regression to the mean, and by that probably um, just an overcorrection at this point. There were probably you know, playing above their heads, so to speak. I think that's kind of the term that's typically shared when a team is over-exceeding expectations or maybe what everyone thought they were going to get from them. 
and now we're getting the reverse side where the, we're probably getting below in terms of performance, getting below what we anticipated from Kansas State. Uh, a six and one start included wins at Texas and Baylor. Even Jerome Tang, um, I think it was after the Texas Tech game, called those wins at this point a bit of an anomaly just because they were able to outscore those two teams. And that kind of got me to thinking that Kansas State is who they, they are who they are at this point. And that's a team that probably doesn't have the kind of defense that it requires to win on the road um, when they're not shooting an absurd percentage from the field like they were against Texas and Baylor. They just the defense is not reliable enough. Um they're getting enough defense to where they can win with the defense at home and they got the crowd at their back. But aside from that, I just don't know. So if they're not shooting well, if they're not outscoring a team on the row and it's going to be tough sledding for the Wildcats. And I think that's the point that we've reached and kind of getting back to the regression to the mean thing. It, I think the biggest crime is that they probably set a standard and a level of expectations that was probably unrealistic for them um, because before the year we didn't think that they were a Big 12 title contender um, when the season began and then they start 6-1 and one, and you can start you know dreaming of that and then I think you're 7 and what 7 and 2 7 and 3 at some point too and, and still within reach so I think the biggest crime is probably setting a certain standard of expectations because if, if that hot start doesn't happen, if you're sitting here right now, I know seven and six still isn't great. If you're still, if you're sitting right here right now, seven and six with a win over KU and probably going to make the to double a tournament, I think most people would have been pleased with that. Yeah. I said, uh, I said maybe, I think it was after the four and start. I said on this podcast that I hope fans keep some perspective while it's fun to talk about the big 12 championship. If this team ended up being nine and nine or 10 and eight in big 12 play, that would still be a major success, uh, for this program coming into the season with the expectations that were in play. And if you get to 10 and eight, you know, you're probably still talking about a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. Now you go nine and nine, probably you're a six or a seven, but we'll see who those wins occur against. I certainly think that they, they've hit a bit of a wall, and uh, I wonder if legs also are playing in a part. I think opponents have obviously adjusted to K-State, and as you go through and play some of these teams a second time, it's becoming more challenging as well, even though Oklahoma last night was the first matchup this year between the teams. But uh, I think the Big 12 has adjusted, and I think legs are playing a part of this. I think Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, they've relied on them. Uh, they have a high usage rate. The ball is in their hands a lot. They played a lot of minutes, and I think that's played a part, and you just hope that they can find a way to bounce back here uh, down the stretch run as they, they make a push. And then as you get out of Big 12 play and you get into the NCAA tournament, hopefully that's a refreshing start as you play teams that don't know you as well uh, in March Madness and you know can make a little bit of a run in the NCAA tournament. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm hoping they can bounce back, and they've been they've been good at home. Obviously, they were a bit of a second half collapse against Texas from being undefeated at home. So hopefully, they can bounce back against Iowa State on Saturday. But look, I'm just, I'm just being a beacon of positivity, guys. You know, I decided to be positive on Twitter last night. I'm not jumping completely off of the bandwagon because I think it's important to keep perspective on where this thing was coming into the season. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is I I don't think K-State probably has top 15 talent or depth um, overall in the country. And so they were playing out ahead of themselves a little bit. And it's, it's certainly disappointing to, when you look at the tech game and you look at last night, like 
what upset me about last night was a lot of it was effort. I'm not going to name names, but you saw some guys take a lot of plays off uh, on the defensive end of the floor and uh, just weren't playing at max effort. And that was disappointing to me. And Jerome Tang called that out after the game, that that effort was certainly an issue. And it's only been an issue a couple times this year. He mentioned the road game at TCU as well. Uh, that was disheartening. And, you know, the defense was very poor last night. And, you know, when you're playing in front of a, you know, three, four, empty Lloyd Noble center, you, 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 that's one you probably, you, you really need to get that win. And to, to get beat by 14, uh, that's uh, that's a tough one to swallow. And not just that, but lose before that to Tech, who, yes, I, I realize they did come back around and beat Texas too, and it's not the easiest place in the world. But, I mean, that's, it was shorthanded Texas Tech not playing their A game. You know I mean? That was not – neither. both of those were just bad performances. And I, I'm with you, Cole. Like, I tried to tweet something to this effect last night. Like, yes, we can't lose sight of the, the ultimate – thing here which is that yeah we would all have taken this in a heartbeat i think to be sitting here with 19 wins seven and six in the league at this point um we we know that this was a roster thrown together last minute i'm not gonna like hold tang's feet to the fire on this and be like man even with this roster that you brought in yourself like it was a scramble mode to get these guys in here and what they've accomplished already assuming that they do make the tournament which i'm not even sure that they have to win two more games to do that like tang said um i think they're gonna be in the tournament it's gonna be a very successful season overall but that can be true and also this fact is true k-state has played like the worst team in the league by far the last week i mean these last two games have been dreadful so when when you you know you, you say expect to win after the kansas game which great speech and by the way great job by jerome tang of taking advantage of that moment to kill the chant and all that because it would be a little bit tougher now based on how the season has gone but i, I think hit all the right notes as far as that is concerned. But one of those notes was, hey, guys, expect to win. Like, we're, we're a good team. This is I want these sort of expectations, championship expectations here. And, you know, when you've poked and prodded at the fan base, and I, I say that it seems like it has a negative connotation. I think it's been in a good way, but poked and prodded the fan base this year. I mean, then when you go out and play like the worst team in the league in back-to-back games against the worst two teams in the league, people are going to be pretty frustrated and it's going to be pretty alarming and pretty jarring to watch. So, like, that's that's it, you know I mean? I'm very happy with where the program's at. I think once the top 20 recruiting class that they have coming in next year gets here and they get time to go to the portal and take some actual success to guys in the portal this year with more time, I'm wildly optimistic about where the future of this program is going. I am not, however, wildly optimistic about where the future of this season is going. And uh, after watching the two games last night, or the the two games over the last week, I just, I mean, it's, it's hard not to be in the sunken place right now about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's fair to be frustrated. They're playing poor basketball right now. That doesn't mean they can't shake it off. Maybe they won't. None of us know that. Um, there, there isn't a whole lot of commentary, I guess, to add, but it is fair to be frustrated right now. It is fair to be, you know, like Jerome Tang, like this team, um, to have enjoyed the at one point what they were doing and to also be frustrated right now. I just... I think all of those things can can be true. I guess I I, I don't distinguish or or eliminate the idea that you, you can't be frustrated. You could be frustrated. They want passionate fans. Passion happens both ways. Yeah, I was frustrated during the game last night. It was frustrating watching the Texas Tech game and and what unfolded because, like you said, John, with the Texas Tech game, like Texas Tech when they beat Texas on Monday night, they they played much better. 
against Texas. Like that was a more inspired effort in that win that the Red Raiders had. But when they played K-State Saturday, I didn't feel like Texas Tech really did anything special. It, it felt like if K-State just played average basketball that night, they win by eight to 10 points. It, then, so that's one that really just felt like they completely threw away, gave away to Tech. And so that one hurt. You know, OU last night was catching fire. Now, again, that was, I, I know they were 29, this KSU fan had told us they were 29% from three in, in Big 12 play coming into that game. And uh, but they were just getting such open looks and good shooters like Grant Sherfield, who's a 42% three-point shooter, getting wide open looks. Um, K-State was over-rotating on defense. I, I do think, you know, specifically on the court, I think they have a, a defensive problem where they they switch everything. I don't like that. I, I think they get into a ton of mismatches. Like, they you, sometimes you got to – they switch when you're not even trying to fight through a screen. Like, just the, the three-man dribble weave at the top of the, the key, they're switching everything instead of fighting through – and that leads to a lot of mismatches. And when you've got Marquise on the court, who's a 5'7 point guard, it becomes a little more problematic because then you get him sometimes on a guy that's 6'9, 6'10, and you, you know, that becomes an issue. And then also Marquise sometimes is prone to, you know, kind of roving around the court trying to get a steal, and he leaves his shooter wide open for a three. And that happened a few times last night. And sometimes the benefits are great with that, but other times it comes back to bite him and it, it bit him last night. So, Uh, The defense was poor last night, and, you know, as a result, Oklahoma catches fire from three, hits 11 threes, and I just thought OU played tougher. I thought Tech played tougher against K-State, and that's, you know, you saw Tanner Groves last night. He was just playing physical in the post against K-State and trying to out-tough them, and K-State didn't have an answer, and and so they got to start playing a tougher brand of basketball and get after it, but, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to jump off the ship yet. yet. I I need to see it now to believe it. Like I'm at that point because like entering last night, I still believed that, you know, last night they'd come out, play inspired, have a bounce back moment and, and they didn't. So now I'm kind of to the point where, all right, let's, let's see a little stretch put together here where we see them, you know, come out, play really sharp basketball for consecutive games. Hopefully that starts Saturday. Uh, and then Tuesday night against Baylor and, you know, you, you find a way to win Saturday, and I'm not going to write the Baylor game as a loss. This team's just different at home. Uh, if there's any way you could pull off those two wins, people would be thinking a lot differently about this team again. So um, we'll see what happens over the next week. It's it's a big week for this program. I mean, I, yeah, I'm with you. I just kind of at this point, I'm I'm I don't I'm not totally giving up on them. But I, as you can tell, I'm not real optimistic. And even before these two games, I you know, again, they have they've been trending downward for in general a, a month ish at this point since the KU game. They've been trending down, and I've been sitting here thinking like, okay, we may have to recalibrate and adjust. You know, the Texas loss was like, all right, you're probably not winning the league. Probably need to recalibrate a little bit there. But I thought, well, we've seen enough here, enough good when he and Keese are both going this team can be like final four caliber, like really good. So they were inevitably going to hit a wall. I get it. The big tolls a grind. It's tough, but let, let's just hope my hope at that point was hopefully by the last week of the regular season, heading into the postseason, they'll have figured it out again and kind of be re-energized and maybe the timing will work out pretty good on this. After the last two games, I'm like, I don't, the, the problems are bigger and deeper apparently than I thought. And I, I just, you know, this is beyond just the grind of the big 12 and all that. I, 
there are a lot of problems. I mean, they, they don't defend well at all consistently. You guys have pointed that out, particularly on the road. Turnovers, while not as big of a problem necessarily last night, have obviously been just a huge issue. Um, it's just it's like the, the mistakes that they make are pretty, they're pretty frustrating to watch. And nothing seems to really, I, I don't, I guess I would just end like, where where is the hope? Cole, maybe I'll put that that back on you since this your positive guy tonight. Where is it? Okay. All right. With D-Y. Okay. Hope for DY. Hashtag hope for DY. All right. Give us give us some hope then, DY. I'll make a point that I wanted to make earlier that I forgot just so I don't lose it. And then I'll go to the glass half full approach that I think you can maybe extract. And it does go back to uh, past precedent a little bit. At halftime, Kansas State against uh, Oklahoma uh, on Tuesday night, they led in points in the paint second chance points and points off turnovers. Those have been the three most problematic areas for Kansas State all season with when typically things are just completely not going their way. It's they're usually getting manipulated pretty pretty well in those three phases. They were winning those three phases and the game was tied. So and it was because of what was happening at the three point line. Oklahoma was shooting really, really well from it. Kansas State was shooting really, really poor from it. So there was a point where it's like, okay, this is either a good sign because the shots are going to fall and, and they resurrected those three areas and it's going to be fine for Kansas State, or it's a really, really bad sign because you've cleaned up the three problematic areas and you're still only tied. Um, and obviously the latter ended up being true. So that was the problematic. So that's glass half empty there. Glass half full, um, two things that I've kind of been like working on and probably going to fit it into a story at some point. Just look a season ago. It's not identical. It's not like looking in the mirror, but this path and journey that Kansas State is taking looks a hell of a lot like T.J. Otzelberger's first year at Iowa State. They got off to an absolute scorching start last season where I think they they jumped into the top 10 and year one under T.J. Otzelberger, largely because of their work during the non-conference play against really good teams. So the schedule is a little bit different because Kansas State probably did what Iowa State did in non-conference at the beginning of their conference schedule by beating Texas on the road, Baylor on the road. But those things were pretty similar. Then Iowa State hit a really bad stretch um, as well. It fell out of the top 25. Um, I think there was a point where like, are they really a tournament team? Are they falling that completely out of it? And then all of a sudden, the wheels started turning in their favor again, and uh, they ended up with a pretty poor Big 12 record. Didn't compete for a Big 12 title. Yeah, they, I mean, they, seven, they were 7-11. and 11. But they made the Sweet 16. So, um, and that, what I would say from that is that what you're doing in February doesn't always matter. And I know that sucks to watch and it's painful to watch. It's not a good product. It's not entertaining. It's not, it doesn't feel good. It's frustrating. It's frustrating for fans. I can't imagine what they're feeling in the ice facility right now. It's frustrating for them. They don't like losing. They don't want to lose. But usually you're going to snap out of it. You're, you're not going to, there's always, you know, a little, end of the rainbow there, so to speak. It didn't have to be, but to, sometimes there is. And if there is for Kansas State, they're going to start matriculating in a positive upward trajectory and maybe hit their stride once again at almost the perfect time. Because every, you hear it, look, I know it sounds like I'm, you know, really searching for reaching here, and I could be. But if they were to turn it around, if they were to resurrect what's happening right now, it's going to be right before the tournament and right before a potential March run. So if they were to snap out of it, if they were to break free from this skid, it's going to be them perhaps peaking again, right at the right time. And, 
and something that they've said all along, and I know they don't, they're not losing right now on purpose, but something they said all along is they want to be playing their best basketball in March. That's not completely unattainable. Yeah, I guess to, to me it's just, I, I've got to, I'm with you, I'm with you, and I, I, I still do tend to kind of believe in that, but I just, I'm not seeing like the tangible sign. I, like to me, it's where, where are the adjustments well, right now to get Mar- Marquise and Keontae going? Like that, that is clearly, you know, Tang, Tang told the broadcast crew last night because, you know, shout out to my guy, James Wessling, who was doing the game. He said, like, we asked Tang, what do you need tonight to win the game? He said, like, we got to get our, our two big, big dogs going, our two big guys. And I mean, Marquise and Keontae have just been in funks. You know, I mean, there's no, I, Keontae, I think some of it probably is because of the way Big 12 officials have really targeted him and it's changed some of the ways playing offensively. But I don't, I just, if I had, faith or signs that there, there just has not been a counter punch yet. And I think Jerome Tang showed us coaching chops early in the year. So hopefully you're right, D white. It is still coming, but I'm just, I'm, I'm searching around for answers and I'm not sure where the tangible answers are as nice as the narrative arc of, of AB and Iowa state and kicking it in the gear in March. Sounds great. Hope, hopefully that happens. I'm with you, I'm with you and I'll let Cole kind of take his half full last half full approach as well. I'm with you. But I think, I think Iowa State probably felt the, like I keep going back to. It. I'm with you, but th- there is no like positive signs to extract right now because they just probably played two, two and a half of their worst games of basketball. Second half against Texas, you know, you know the way you lost that lead, and then uh, it kind of looked like a lifeless effort a little bit in the set that second half. Losing to Texas Tech in Lubbock when Texas Tech didn't play good, it's not like Texas Tech had to play above their heads to win that game. And then again, maybe, you know, an uninspired effort at Oklahoma. There is no signs there. But again, you can go back to Iowa State last year. There was no signs for them in February either. Like you said, they fell to 7-11. For Kansas State to be 7-11 in conference play, they they don't win another game, right? So they're almost still at a better spot than Iowa State was at the same time. And if you remember, and you should remember, because we watched this game together at a bar last year, I believe, with Iowa State the way they were going. Kansas State is the one that had the second half come back against Iowa State. Um, and I believe towards the end of the, that season for Iowa State, they were struggling to score 40 points, right? They were they were in the 40s so many times. I think they had two games where they scored less than four. I mean, they had Isaiah Brockington or they had nothing. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Yeah, a, a few things here, uh, D.Y., to the point you made about March and the NCAA tournament and Iowa State making a Sweet 16 run, that gets back to my point of just getting out of the grind of Big 12 play and seeing somebody new for the first time after this three-month grueling stretch I think will be beneficial for this team. You know, new scouting reports, teams that haven't seen you before. It's it's a different animal. I think that will be beneficial for this team. I think it will be beneficial for everybody in the Big 12. You know, it's exhausting going through this gauntlet and for everybody to just play somebody different. You saw it during the SEC Big 12 Challenge, right? I mean, Big 12 goes 7-3, and three, got a break from that, and, and really probably go 8-2 and two if Miles doesn't get hurt for TCU against Mississippi State. So keep that perspective. Get to the NCAA tournament. Try to make a run into the second weekend. I think everybody would be thrilled with that. You know, when you look at last night's loss against Oklahoma, you look at the Texas Tech loss, we talk about these losses like they're just horrific, awful losses, right? And I get it. They're last place. They're the two bottom teams in the Big 12. They're both quad one losses, all right? They, Oklahoma is 65th in the net today. The seven, top 75 road game is a quad one win or loss. Texas Tech 62 in the net today. These aren't, these aren't bad losses when the NCAA tournament looks at the resume. They don't look at the Big 12 standings and see that. They, they look and see this is a, a top 65 loss in the country, and Ken Palm, both these teams are top 65 in the country as well. They're not going to look at it like some awful loss. Most teams in the country have quad three, quad four losses at this point. K-State doesn't have that. They don't have bad losses on their resume. Butler is probably their worst loss, and it's a quad two loss. Um, on the road there. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Also, people need to remember that Oklahoma, we, we act like, yeah, the, it should have been some an easy win per se, or they definitely needed to win that game. Oklahoma two weeks ago beat the number one team in the country currently by 24 points. Like they have the capability within them to go off and beat teams. Oklahoma led Kansas by 10 with four minutes left in the game and Allen Fieldhouse. All right, now I know they haven't been playing great. They haven't been playing well at all. But they have it within them to, you know, have a big game. You know, they lost to Texas by one in Norman. They lost to Iowa State by three in Norman. They lost to Baylor 62-60 to 60 in Norman. Best teams have gone into to Norman and, and barely come out with a win. And so they have the ability to do what they did last night. And I mentioned this on Twitter last night. And, you know, some K-State fans appreciated it. Some hated the positivity. I get it. Some are in just a negative state of mind right now. But... Most teams in the Big 12, most of the best teams, have had a rough stretch at some point. Texas is really the only team that has avoided it, but Texas just lost to Texas Tech. We'll see if they have a rough stretch coming because they've now lost back-to-back games between at KU and then losing to Texas Tech. So actually, they've lost two of their last three. I'm sorry, they beat West Virginia, crushed them, sandwiched in between. But we'll see if they have that rough stretch coming. Look at the back end of Texas's schedule. There's a very good chance they lose their final three games to conclude Big 12 play. So that could be coming for them. Iowa State, how do you think Iowa State feels right now? They're 16 and 8. I mean, 
they were feeling great about their year. They're, they're top 20 in the country. K-State's 19 and six. They're sitting at 16 and eight. They've lost five of their last seven games overall. K-State's lost five of their last seven games overall. Iowa State just lost to Oklahoma State and Stillwater. And look, I know we're recording this on Wednesday. Iowa State's going to lose tonight to TCU and Hilton. All right? So I'm, I'm predicting that. And Iowa State's going to be in quite the tailspin coming into Manhattan. And, you know, KU lost four or five games earlier in January and, and snapped out of it. Now, look, I'm not, Bill Self, it's a different animal. Like, you, you knew they would, they would come back from that. Uh, TCU's lost three in a row currently. Oklahoma State, who's a top six team in the Big 12, lost four or five to start Big 12 play. Baylor started Big 12 play 0-3 and, and look where they're at now. So it stings that back-to-back losses against the two bottom feeders in the league right now. But just to keep some perspective, teams have gone through this in the Big 12 and come out of it. You just got to hope K-State has an answer. And that's what we'll see over the next couple of weeks is if they can respond and bounce back and it starts Saturday against Iowa State. And what I hope is an electric atmosphere. It's a top 20 matchup still in Bramwich Coliseum. We would have killed for that the last three seasons think think about what we've endured people I, I saw people in my mentions why should i even go to the game this game doesn't matter they'll make the tournament still I'm like, it matters i mean it's it's a, a big game in bramlage you know i, I would kill for this you you can be frustrated and you can be pissed off i'm not going to tell anyone not to be i mean it, i was frustrated watching the last few weeks but you can do that but also one Bramlage calls seem to be rocking enough to help your team win, too. I, I don't think those two items have to be separate. If it pours into the one, then it happens. I'm not going to like sit here and criticize you for it, but if you want to win bad, you know, having a rocking Bramlage Coliseum in a loud home environment can help your team win. Well, yeah. I mean, so support the team, obviously. And I mean, that's one thing that was a part of the message that I was trying to get out last night. Again, like, yeah, that like you guys have totally outlined. There's there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, a lot of time to turn a season around, and like ultimately the blessing and the curse of college basketball is that the NCAA tournament is really the arbiter of everything. That's how you're gonna feel about your season, is how well things go in that that final tournament, right? It can we we've how many times have we seen that at K State, right? Bruce winning the Big Twelve, going to losing as a four seed in the first round. It totally changes the tenor of the season. So the opportunity for that is 100% there. Do not give up on these guys. Yes, continue to want to watch winning basketball at home for sure. It's clear that environment makes a huge difference because, I mean, I think this team has pretty much been the same kind of team. I mean, a little bit worse the last week. They've been the, pretty much the same team for like a month, but when they're at home and playing a shorthanded TCU, they can win and they can hit, as Bruce Weber would say, the magic level for like three minutes there at the end of the game, which has been, you know, the only time it feels like it's been really fun to watch this team in a while. Um, and they can almost beat Texas. Like, so the, the atmosphere of the building makes a huge difference. Go do that. They need, even if you say, hey, whatever, they're going to make the NCAA tournament, it's not that big of a game. Guys, they need something just to turn this thing the hell around. Like, they need something. They, they need a stopper right now. They need something just to get the momentum moving back in the right direction. So be a part of that, for sure, 100%. Um, and yes, other teams have had very rough stretches in this league. It is a bear, and I, I think one of the most valid points that's been made here on this pod is just, Everybody is going to be better off for having getting out, gotten out of this grind when they do to go to the NCAA tournament. I think that that will definitely help. Having said all of that, I still I just come back to the trend line has been like I I felt like the the negative stretch after the Texas game. I was like, okay, here's the wake up call. That's been such a negative stretch. This is going to be it. 
you know, they're going to have this big watershed moment and turn it around. And then, you know, it's like even the TCU game at home was great. And by the way, Cole and I drove there on a Tuesday night and got back at one in the morning to still go support the team. Super fun at the end of the game, but for 90% of that game, I felt like they were still the same team. You know, they were just playing a shorthanded TCU squad at home. And so it was getting them over, over the hump a little bit, but they just... That to me is the concern. I just this this trend line has been going this way for a long time, and it's getting worse before it is getting better. So I hear you. Everyone has rough stretches, but we're in like a seven game rough patch right now that is showing no signs of getting better and is getting worse. So I I hate to be that guy too much here, and I hope that, that you guys are the ones that are correct. And I think there is a very good chance that they turn it around and play better before the I'm end not. of the season. But, but if it's going to come from something and somewhere that we haven't seen in uh, since since January for sure. They haven't won back-to-back games since January 21st when they beat Texas Tech right after KU. Um, so they're not playing well. Nothing that you said is wrong. I'm not even promising that they're going to snap out of it. Uh, if you put a gun to my head, I think they do. But the, like you said, there's really no clear-cut signs that it's going to happen. But again, um, what if you're just going to... Uh, it's easier to be optimistic. I guess it's a little bit more easier on the mind. So I would encourage people to try to, to take that approach. Um, and they're really good. And they haven't been playing good basketball, but they are a good team at home. And obviously the atmosphere has mattered because Kansas state is one bad half from being undefeated at home. Well, let's just keep that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's all a great perspective. Um, you know, if they're going to snap out of it, it, it needs to start Saturday. It, it has to start Saturday because the Baylor game on Tuesday night is going to be an absolute, uh, you know, I, th- I think Baylor, to be honest, is the best team in the league right now. Um, you know, they're, they're right there with KU, the way they're playing, and so that'll be a heck of a game on Saturday in, in Lawrence. So uh, be curious. But, you know, if you need more reason to get excited, guys, Caleb Grill's coming to Manhattan. You know, if you want to get angered up, you know, got Caleb Grill. Coming to, to Bramlage Coliseum, so uh, have some fun with that. He's a, a very likable player in this league, so get fired up, give him a hard time, and uh, hopefully the Cats can uh, to beat the Clones and uh, get some revenge on what happened in Hilton Coliseum because people need to remember that's a game where K-State was right there uh, with a chance to win at Iowa State, and it, there's a good chance it's an ugly game with Iowa State's defense and what they do. K-State's going to have to find some answers offensively, and that one, you know, one perk, I keep saying this is a perk, guys, but it, it doesn't seem to play out that way. K-State keeps playing these games on Tuesday nights, and then their following opponent on Saturday is usually playing on that Wednesday night. So they get one less day to prepare to rest for that game. Iowa State plays tonight at 8 o'clock against TCU, then has to travel to Manhattan this weekend. You would think that would be an advantage. We'll see. Uh, it hasn't worked out that way really to date, but the, the scheduling should play a little bit of a benefit to the Cats and this one with extra preparation, extra rest. So we'll see what happens with the uh, the TCU-Iowa State game tonight. But like I said, I we'll see if, if Miles plays for TCU. I think TCU wins. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Let's hope. I mean, sure. I, I, do, I don't know, Cole. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even in like a mood to get real fired i hate i hate to say it and I, i'm being a little pouty i mean i will admit it like i i am 100 being a little pouty like i think a lot of the fans are again trying to keep it cool especially publicly and especially on twitter like i get it guys we're frustrated i don't think it's unique to this fan base at all every fan base kind of melts down when things start going south but let's maybe just take a deep breath and be a little bit chill there as frustrated as you are because believe you me i mean these guys see group chats during games like I, I'm as frustrated as about anybody and I'm certainly acting a little bit pouty here right now but I am also trying to I very much remember how much fun this season has been that I wasn't expecting and I, I believe in these guys I believe in the coaching staff and, and I'm gonna be there on Saturday and let's let's do it I mean let's let's turn it on turn this thing around get a win over Iowa State that that would be nice and help everybody feel a lot better but that that that's about the best I can muster for you right now Cole that's that's about the best I do more one thing I did want to touch on, and, and I guess I'm not trying to defend someone that absolutely melts down or is completely inappropriate toward a coach or a player, because I don't think that's okay. I think you need to steer clear from that when you there there is lines that can be crossed or whatever. Um, some of the stuff that's out there, I don't think is terribly crossing the line. I think it's just frustration pouring out in terms of like what what everyone tends to see on social media. Well, what I will defend is those that try to portray that it's worse in the Kansas State circle or the Kansas State stuff. It's not. People were like, oh, I, I you know I saw it out there. It's like, oh, this team lost. I bet they're not going to melt down. It took me five minutes on, I think it was Monday night, when I, when, when I saw that, to go search five basically Twitters, different Twitters of different fan bases. There was five of them. Um, I think it was Texas. North Carolina, West Virginia, and two others. I was like, well, let's see if if I see the, the same, because they were all coming off a loss. Let's see if I can see if they are having the same emotions I can't state Twitter tends to after a loss. All five teams, it was the same. And guess what? I probably saw at least 10 tweets from those five fan bases demanding that that coach be fired. Texas was in first place. Like, it's not just Kansas State. I'm not saying it's okay for those that cross the line. It's not. But just let's cool our jets a little bit that it's like exclusively so much worse in the Kansas State. Uh, we all live in our silos that we think it's just bad because we're in our Kansas State silo. 
but it's that way everywhere. Um, there's there's bad actors everywhere. Yeah, uh, I'll just point this. I just a part of the reason that I feel the need to stick up there is just because it, like it's the fans have taken a beating here, even when things were going well. Uh, we remember all the consternation about you know ramp free and everything that was in Barry Brown coming on Twitter and you know fighting with people and it was just I'm here for getting better. I'm here for killing the chant. I'm here for, I think we've taken strides as a fan base for sure with KSU and all that. And it's been great. And I think it's, we need to be pushed and be a little bit uncomfortable. However, it is not because K-State is some unique fan base out here. Jerome Tang is trying to build something unique. And to be a unique fan base would be to move away from some of that a little bit. And that's great. Love to see the progress that's happening there. And there is definite progress this year. But yeah, this is, it's Twitter in 2023. This is how people are. And, uh, it, you know, there's a lot of love and adulation and constantly all day when things are going well, loving everybody up, that, that's a double-edged sword. Then you, you start to lose on the back end. It's going to be the opposite way. So it just, that is, you know, between, it just feel like the fans have taken a lot of, a lot of arrows throughout the year here and a lot of criticism and and that can be a good thing in a lot of ways but i also don't want it to go over the top and be unfair um you know i mean you can find kansas tweets from the last couple of years of people asking bill self to be fired because people freak out and meltdown after losses like it's and he's the best coach in college basketball like you're going you will, you will find it anywhere i promise you you will find it anywhere and this fan base is not any different than anybody else absolutely two more things for me is they're trying to build this passionate very supportive fan base passion goes right or wrong passion goes in two ways you know whether it's good or bad passion works in two ways and if you want to talk about twitter in 2023 just ask ask cole what he what what he gets from like even texas fans at this point uh yeah look what i would say to that is and look it would suck to be if i was a family member of somebody on the team i wouldn't want to be on twitter uh like you see that stuff like you're going to see the good and bad and and i understand people overreact emotionally they're very close to it um and i've i know we've seen some of players families get upset on things being said on social media that's that's just the nature of social media it sucks but like i can speak to how awful the place twitter is john can dy you can too like you've gotten stuff and you're mentions plenty of times, but like, I'll just say like when, when K-State lost to Texas and I put out that video of, you know, Brody make a prediction before the game. And all he did was literally say that K-State was going to win, gave a score that Marquise is going to have a career high, didn't say anything about Texas. Uh, my mentions were loaded. Like I got probably a hundred, 150 replies, uh, after that game. And most of them were attacking a six-year-old, which I thought was off limits, and then I got several DMs. I had a Texas fan invite me to a group chat of 11 other Texas fans on Twitter. And all of it was, I, I accepted and I went in and, and it was 11 people talking shit on Brody and calling him a bitch and just coming at me. So look, that's just, that's Twitter. Like there are a lot of awful people out there that hide behind a keyboard and don't put their real name or face to things that say things. And so I just hope that you know, the players, the family members recognize that this is just the nature of social media. It sucks, but it's not representative of the majority of the fan base. And people say things in the heat of the moment, and I've been guilty of it too, instant reactions during games before where I say things that I regret down the road and wish I wouldn't have tweeted that out. And I've become better at that. Uh, and so I just hope that 
that people realize like that's like, these guys love K-State. The, the fans love K-State. They love the team, the players, the coaching staff. And, you know, there's just some hot takes that come out at times that um, are maybe over the top. And by the way, I mean, not only is it not going to be any different anywhere else in college basketball, it's going to be the same if you go to the NBA. I mean, if these guys are trying to get to the league and you're going to be in the NBA, go play for the 76ers. See how, see how Philly handles it. Um, how you guys doing, Philly? How you doing right now? Feeling okay? Feeling good as a city? Huh? There we go. I'm back, baby. All right. The Chiefs brought me back around. See, that's the only thing they can do it right now. Cole, I'm about to literally go walk over to the uh, the Super Bowl parade as soon as we as soon as we get done. Anybody else want to come? DY, come to the parade with me? No. I'm not. I'm not one for that uh, that type of crowd. So. Okay. Well, you know. Now who's the the soft pouty one? You guys are the soft pouty one. I'm the, I'm the fun positive one. All right, good vibes, baby. I'll I'll watch it on TV and uh, and we'll be uh, together against Iowa State on Saturday in Ramlich Coliseum, John. And I'll be there lifting your lifting your spirits up. I'll get you some Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon. I'll sneak in to Ramlich. I hope K State security is not listening. So, well, I'm I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers will be traded within the next couple months. Whoa. Yeah, somewhere right now, Aaron Rodgers is in a complete pit of darkness, uh, getting his boots slipped through the little slot in the door. Maybe that's what we should do, guys. You know what? Maybe we need to have a, a darkness <laughs> retreat, and we'll come back refreshed. <laughs> a four-day darkness retreat for three months. This is a yes. perfect ending to the pot. <laughs> I'll You're find a place around. in the woods. I'll find a place for us in the woods, guys, and we'll just we'll sit in a cabin in the dark and not say anything. Well, that's true. You know, Cole lives out in Gardner, so you know. But oh, wait, there it's just it's all it's all wooded area anyway. All right, South of Gardner. Yeah, huh. very, very, very funny. I'm closer to Spring Hill than I am to Gardner. Uh, anyways, yeah. Well, I mean, what, this is the funniest hour. This is. I, I mean, after after uh, the the Baylor football game in 2012, I was at my mother in law's lake house and uh, in Council Grove. And I just walked out and sat in the wooded area for like an hour. And I was honestly just hoping that I would get mauled by like a bear or something and just end it for me because I was in a dark place that night. Not as dark as 1998, but still. The, the greatest the greatest turnaround in uh, podcast history exists here today. And it's not it's not one to be taken lightly, boys. We just did it here today. And uh, Cole, Cole may be killing the vibes a little bit there with the 2012 Baylor at the very end. <laughs> That's my bad. I'm going to just pretend that we ended on a total, total I know here. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to record a football pod. Uh, so let's let's get out of here and do that. 360 Vodka, Ben Holiday, Baldwin, Bon Bourbon. Appreciate Jordan Foote uh, behind the scenes, as always, uh, helping us out. Appreciate you guys listening. The sun will come up tomorrow. Whenever you're listening to this, I promise the sun will come up tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll put one foot in front of the other. Take care. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, 
the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.